Hello, friends. It's Monday, March 30th. There are 783,760 cases of COVID-19 out there to deal with. However, 164,757 of those people have recovered. It's just a few hours since a state of emergency was extended in Toronto for a further two weeks and six days since my birthday. But whatever you had in the calendar for today is not happening. It's not happening. It's not happening today. It's not happening today. So welcome to Not Happening. There's all sorts that's not happening, although I don't know about you, but I'm starting to get used to it. Now it's it's less of a blow when I hear that something is canceled and more of just a... Hmm, that's the noise. That's the noise I feel. So uh, let's see some of the things that aren't happening today. Uh, the open mic Monday at the Painted Lady here in Toronto isn't happening, but it uh, it would have featured Adam Golding and numerous other local folks keen to perform. Uh, the Olympic and Paralympic trials won't be happening at the Toronto Pan Am Sports Centre, which is just as well as I've heard the Tokyo Olympics 2020 are now going to be the Tokyo Olympics 2021. So that's not a complete catastrophe. And the Toronto Blue Jays will not be taking on the Cincinnati Reds in what would have been the fifth game of the season. It's crazy to think of baseball having already started since it's only March, but I suppose it's that magical time of year where all sports are played at once. Or in this case, none are played at all. And I'm sure there's a lot that isn't happening for you. What isn't happening in your life? It's a Monday. It's a weekday. It's a day in March. It's towards the end of the month. Have you got anything that isn't happening? I'm bad at Twitter, but I'm working on it. So get on, let me know what's not going on, and I will try and address it somehow, some way. I don't know what this looks like yet. It's all an experiment, or maybe it's all a dream. You can get me on Twitter at not podcasting. That's at not podcasting. Obviously, it's 2020. Not happening was taken. Tell me the things that aren't in your life. Maybe we can excise the demons together and we can move on uh, into this sort of new, interesting, strange and different quarantine universe. So today, since none of this is happening, I figured I would instead chat with Bill Bell. Bill Bell is a career musician. He's played with Jason Mraz. He's played with Alex Lifeson. He's played with Tom Cochran. He has played all over the world and created all kinds of incredible music and continues to do so to this day. He's a multi-instrumentalist, a producer, a songwriter, and more recently, a model. Uh, he's an incredible fountain of positivity, uh, having experienced and overcome quite a lot in the course of his incredible career in life. And I felt like his unique outlook on the world could do me, and hopefully you, a lot of good during these times. Bill and I met a couple of years ago when he was just dipping his toe in the world of modeling, and he came with me on a trip to Jordan, where the two of us and another good friend of mine, Juana Dragon, uh, shot some promotional stuff for a travel company that I do a lot of work for. And so we got to spend a really incredible two weeks traipsing around Jordan to all the incredible sights and sounds of that place, including Petra, which we saw by day and by night on a 17 and a half hour day, where we walked so much I could feel my toes separate when I took 
my socks off at the end of the day. We saw the Dead Sea. We saw all kinds of different landscapes as we traveled around the country, and we got to eat a lot of amazing food. And it was a really incredible time. And so Bill and I got to know each other fairly well then. But he taught me a lot in that short period, and uh, he's a really amazing person. So any chance to connect with Bill is always a welcome one. So I thought, let's get him on the podcast. We'll have a talk. We'll see what's going on or what isn't going on in his life. And we'll see if he can offer us some advice on productive things and unproductive things. And of course, Bill didn't disappoint. Have a listen. Okay. So did you get a chance to listen to any of the other episodes? You know, I didn't have a chance. I've been so busy at home with this isolation, sort of walking around each room, making sure that it's the same as when I left it. Uh, It's it's a a difficult situation. I know. And you got to keep your attention on all of the rooms in your house. (laughs) I'm doing a a home tour. I can't tour anymore. So I'm doing a home tour. (laughs) Amazing. All right. Well, welcome to Not Happening. This is a, a podcast that we're doing because so many things are not happening. And this is one of the few things that is happening. So I appreciate you uh, coming on and, uh, and having a chat today. Oh, I appreciate you calling and inviting me. <laughs> no problem at all. So what's not happening for you in your life today? Uh, well, I mean, there's a lot of things, but I mean, we could start with, uh, I'm a musician and uh, a bulk of my income comes from performing live. And so that's been uh, shut completely down because um, we don't have any audiences anymore, except for our online audiences. So we're sort of figuring out how that works. Yeah. Did you, did you watch any of the, uh, of the live at home uh, concert that went out yesterday? You know, I, I, maybe I was doing something wrong, but, um, and this is a misstep on, on their part if they didn't do this properly, but um, uh, there wasn't streaming capabilities that I could find. You had to have a cable uh, pass. Oh, no way. I, I just have watched it after the fact, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah, yeah and, and you could stream it after the fact, but to watch it live, you had to have, a, um, a, it was a Fox presented it and you had to basically watch on one of their partner networks. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah, I was keen to see what, because the whole idea behind having a concert like that, I feel like is to get an audience doing something together. I know. And that's why I felt that maybe somebody missed the boat on that. Uh, well, I mean, hopefully we'll live and learn. I'm sure it won't be the last uh, of the living room concerts. No, but what would you hear? Any, any good parts? I did see the um, the Backstreet Boys all uh, performed I Want It That Way individually from their houses, and they basically pre-recorded it and stitched it all together. Ah, oh, that's amazing. That was quite cool. And it's yeah, cool, yeah, like, yeah. you know, when you count on five-part harmonies and having them all put together in advance, they put it like a cute little video of them performing from each of their houses as well. Ah, that's great. Yeah. Uh, just out of curiosity, when, when you're watching this, uh, is it uh, iPhone microphones or, or, or do some have more professional uh, recordings happening? I think you get some of each. I'm a tech head, so I'm always curious about that. Yeah, I mean, I've been having to figure out a lot of this stuff uh, with this whole podcasting situation. And it's it's tricky because you don't always have a choice. You can only control your end of things, right? Well, exactly. And and what I find interesting about, uh, about the set of problems that we're facing because of this isolation with COVID-19 is, um, in my world, being a musician, is how do we collaborate now with musicians um, remotely? And And remarkably to me, there's not any software that I could find yet where musicians can play in their proper studio linked up to their, their DAW like Pro Tools or Logic, um, where we can record in high def with our with all our beautiful microphones and gear at home and and say record a drummer in LA with me playing with them. In, in our, terms our, of doing it both at the same time. Remotely, yeah, yeah. exactly. I like remember, live performance. I remember a long, long time ago, maybe like in the mid-90s when the internet was still, you know, referred to as a series of tubes. Mm-hmm. And, and there was a commercial <laughs> online where, that was added advertising a group video chat as a new thing. And one of the examples they showed was a band all playing together. And I remember being like, that is the coolest thing. And that was, you know, 25 years ago and we still haven't figured it out. 
Well, latency is the issue. Yeah. And so there, there's people doing it. And, um, and as a matter of fact, there's somebody here in Toronto named Gilmore with uh, the Metalworks Group. Oh, yeah. Who's been actually uh, doing uh, research in this software for years as far as uh, remote recording so that uh, an artist in Japan can use his studio in Toronto and, and they could basically uh, link and, and do sessions that way. That would and be I know amazing. That, and, I, and I know that recording studios um, in Los Angeles have been doing that for years through... Um, Fiber optic? Fiber optics. Thank you. Right, right. But, but that was a really expensive option. Yeah. And I, I guess, I mean, now that fiber optics is getting into people's houses, like you can yeah. get your internet hooked up over fiber optic, it might start to be more prevalent because there, for a long time, music, I feel like was one of the only things that suffered because a little bit of latency in most things is okay. But yeah. now that we've got um, gaming the way it is, especially with esports, there has to be zero latency or it's the same. It might as well be cheating. You know what I oh, mean? Oh yeah, of course. So the, I didn't even think of that. the demand for low latency remote connection exists. I'm surprised that it's uh, it's taken us this long to solve. Well, yeah, and who knows? Maybe that's we were talking lightly about uh, 5G before we started recording this, and and maybe if if it's safe for humanity, and and we're, you know we need to do more research, but maybe that will be the answer to that. Maybe maybe 5G will get us to to the remote jam session because I mean I I have uh, I'm a very amateur musician myself, but I do love playing, and I have a lot of friends who are sitting at home with a lot of kit that would I would love to just to, you know, sit and, and play guitar with. Well, because I mean, that's the big question on, on, on everybody's lips right now is how do we move forward um, after this pandemic in, in a new world? Because it, it will be a new world, but it doesn't have to be a negative place. It could be a positive place of, of uh, growth and prosperity. Yeah, I think there are a lot of good lessons that we could uh, we could learn from this. So what I've been trying to do is I've been trying to I've been trying to examine sort of my own life in isolation and see if I can take some lessons learned from that. Can you tell me can you tell me what your isolation has been looking like up till now? Well, you know, it's really funny that you say that because um, my girlfriend and I, we live together and um, and we've been joking that we've been practicing, practicing isolation for months before this happened. <laughs> um, and then it's funny, and, and you know me personally, so you know I went through a really hard mental health issue a few years ago. And, and, and so I isolated through that in, in a way that um, I had to heal myself. And so I'm very comfortable being by myself. And, and then being a creative as well, I actually need to be alone in order to, in order to create. And so... Um, this, this period isn't really affecting me, um, too much psych psychologically. I mean, it's affecting my income. Um, thankfully, uh, my income is okay right now to last a few months. And so I'm not panicking too much that way, but, but eventually, you know, it's going to run out if I don't have any more income. Yeah. It's, I feel like a trouble. A lot of creatives are, no one's having issues creating. A lot of people are just having issues earning. Yeah. And, and, and uh, but now's not the time to ask for people to part with their money because everybody's in the same boat as far as like really trying to hold on to their liquid cash right now. Absolutely. But again, but again, moving forward, um, you know, there, there's, there's a lot of different things I think that we can do to, to, to be creative and, and to, and to move forward and, and to be of service, you know, and, and, um, you know, I've come to terms with take, trying to take ego out of music and, and think of music as medicine because music has helped a lot of people during these times. And so, you know, it's maybe this will, this will turn on what people write about. Like a lot of things seem frivolous to write about now. Interesting. Uh, how, how do you mean? Like, like, you know, going to the club and popping champagne. I, I don't know if that's going to be, if anybody really wants to hear that lyric right now. That's fair enough. So do you imagine there's going to be a boom in music with meaning? as a result of this? Yeah. Or maybe music to go along with meditation. And, and I know it's always existed, but maybe on a different plane or, or you know, 
music might might be a soundtrack to, to something that people want to do. Like like, and I, and I know that already exists, exists as well. But maybe just in, in new new forms, or uh, you know, I don't know. I'm I'm just still spitballing the whole thing. That's an interesting uh, thing. I, I feel like that soundtrack idea is starting to manifest itself in a lot of different ways. Uh, like mm-hmm. for example, my girlfriend and I are isolating largely together, and uh, we were going to do an at home workout yesterday, and she was recommending me a particular workout channel. She said, "You know what? This it doesn't actually have music in the background, but I've got a playlist set aside with that specifically in mind." So yeah. people are actively soundtracking bits of their lives, and I, I think that there could be a, a huge opportunity in providing some of those soundtracks. Yeah, you know, and, and I was uh, I was walking out in nature the other day, and I just sat down, and the wind was blowing. It was kind of blowing a tree in a certain way, and I thought it was really beautiful. So I've been sort of uh, video recording these little one minute you know, vignettes and that sort of thing that I, I plan on putting some music to just for fun and posting it just as a relaxing moment to take a minute and to remind people to breathe and maybe have, you know, this, this really lovely music to accompany a minute long video of, of, of leaves blowing, like something, something might seem simple, but might give somebody just a minute to breathe and, and just a reminder. That's brilliant. I feel like anything that can sort of stop you scrolling for a minute is a really helpful thing. Oh my God. Everybody is just has their nose in their devices these days. I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just such a weird time where everybody is discombobulated and, and we're all joined in our unity of our, of our messed upness right now. I will say that uh, the overwhelming abundance of coronavirus news at first was really devastating. And I, w- I was reading, 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 being like, I must absorb, I must learn everything that's going on. Yeah. And now because like the health section of my news is coronavirus, the sports yeah. section is coronavirus, the world section is coronavirus, the local news is coronavirus. So I feel like I've read it. You know what I mean? I go, I, yeah. I read the news now once in the morning for about 10 minutes. And then I, for the most part, I've been leaving my device to one side. So it's actually sort of helped me separate a little bit from it. No, it, and I think that's a great thing. And, and I'm the same. I was addicted to the news. And, and then I basically finally felt that I got some some good information on how to protect myself and my loved ones as far as washing your hands and what a face mask means in this time. So so I think that I'm I'm a little better better educated on, on this. And, and so that gives me some peace of mind as far as how to move forward. That's great. Because eventually we're going to have to leave our house. And, One and, of these days, yeah. I do. You know, I do. And, and again, and, and looking at different other countries and how they're handling it, like face masks are still a thing, even as a safeguard. I was reading about uh, South Korea and Japan both uh, using face masks as a safeguard. And I know that we've been discouraged uh, from using face masks here. I have a I think that's because we're limited of their availability. Yes, uh, absolutely. I have a stepsister who's a nurse. And the biggest the biggest cautionary tale against using a face mask when you aren't sick is just because there we don't have enough. Right. And, and if there were a surplus of face masks, I think the instructions would be different. But, you know, I mean, and again, at the very start of this, I remember uh, Gwyneth Paltrow uh, took a selfie of herself on a plane with this really um, nice looking face. If you're going to say a, ma- a face mask is nice looking, she's wearing a nice looking one. And uh, my girlfriend and I, out of curiosity, Googled it and it was a, a 95 US dollar face mask. And, and, but it looked super nice. But I can almost see that being a future of, of high end, um, you know, fashion face masks. <laughs> I wouldn't, I would, you know, it wouldn't surprise me to see. I know one of the, uh, one of the efforts to um, relieve the backlog of, or the unavailability of face masks was that they released a sewing pattern 
so that people could be making them at home. Yeah. And I feel like as soon as you do something like that, you're encouraging people to get creative. And I think, absolutely. I think you're right when we will see some of those high end face masks. Yeah. <laughs> so you touched on it a little bit there with uh, what you were saying about uh, filming this tree and putting a soundtrack to it. But have you got any fun isolation activities that are sort of helping you out as you're sticking at home? Um, I am actually learning right now. I, and so, but I'm trying not to be so militant that, that I, I, I cause stress. Um, but I have, a, I have a whole list of things that I, I'd like to learn that I've, I've been toiling with for a while. For example, my, so a lot of my music software that I've been using for years, there's certain plugins that I have that I know them well, but I've, I've never really taken the time to get under, under the hood. Mm-hmm. So I figured that, um, you know, so, so I, I made a list of things on, on my plate that I can get to. And so I'm doing that. I'm, I'm um, doing my yoga regime, do that every day. Uh, my girlfriend and I are studying de- our deeper meditation practice, which, um, which has been really beneficial. She's further along than I am. But again, that's on the list. We have a dog, which is great. So that forces us to get out of the house and go for walks. That sounds, yeah. that sounds outstanding. So there's quite a lot of stuff because what I've been trying to do with everybody that I speak to is I've been trying to sort of isolate one productive thing that they've done that they can congratulate themselves on. And then one unproductive thing right. that they ought to forgive themselves for. Because I like you put it really well just there when you were saying you didn't want to be militant about your learning. And I think that's critical because learning and taking the opportunity while we have the time to learn something now, I think is great. But I think there's no sense in forcing it on yourself right. because then you're just going to be uncomfortable in a new and different way. Well, and I came to the understanding that um, that we're in a marathon with this thing. And and I saw a lot of my friends in the first week of, of the quarantine um, really trying to put out a lot of content and really trying to be busy. And uh, and I was like, well, you, you can't keep that that momentum up. Right. And so and I, and, I, and I thought that people are eventually just going to cr- like crash and burn of everybody just trying to be on camera all the time. So I really enjoyed watching their content and, and just kind of just trying to wrap my mind around what was happening. Um, but I just thought, you know, I was going to save, you know, some ideas maybe for, for a little later on. And, and I'm, that's not discouraging anybody else from, from being super creative right now. That's just how I'm feeling. And then I also had to acknowledge my shame and guilt for not being involved right off the bat heavily, right. which I, which I, which I had tinges of. And I was like, okay, it's, it's okay to sit back and relax and, and just be, be at peace. And, and that's what meditation and yoga does for me is to, is to bring back to my health and, and be like, if I can, if I can come out of this quarantine, a healthier, more grounded center person, then I, then I feel that, that I've used this time wisely, as opposed to how many songs that I've written for somebody. Like I'm trying to take my ego out of it. I think that's a great idea. I, I know, um, I had a particularly good work day on Saturday where I was working on a documentary edit that I'm doing. And, uh, my girlfriend felt bad that I had been productive and she felt as though she hadn't. And Mm -hmm. I, I, I I was like, you gotta like, first of all, give yourself a break because this is, she's doing a course, which she did during the same time period. She had two phone calls with clients and managed to do quite a bit of work, like no small amount of work at all. And I said, first of all, it's apples to oranges. And second of all, it, there isn't a quota after which you will begin to feel good. It's like, okay, eight and seven hours, 59 minutes of work, unacceptable. Eight hours. I've done it enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, yeah. I feel like setting those arbitrary limits for yourself is uh, more harmful than helpful. Absolutely. And, and I had, I had a fun little realization as well with perspective that, um, I thought, well, you know, my girlfriend and I were planning to go on vacation somewhere, you know, somewhere warm before this happened and, and we can't do that now. And so I thought, well, 
you know, what would I be doing if I was on a beach? So, you know, I'd be reading some books, I'd be lying on the beach, I'd be relaxing, and I'd be I'd be a hundred percent okay with doing pretty much nothing. <laughs> right on. And so, why can't I do that at home? Like, what? Like, why can't I give myself that liberty to basically do nothing at home and enjoy myself in that moment? Environment is really tricky. I used to live with someone in the apartment that I'm living in now, and when uh, we lived together, she had one room and I had another room, and that meant that my computer, where I did all all of my editing at home and my bed were in the same room. So my yeah. commute to work was about six steps. and Which is, which is great and terrible. Yes, exactly. <laughs> and it's, it's really tough to be in the environment where you're meant to be working and relax. Mm-hmm. So since, uh, since she's moved out, I've taken over the whole place myself. Um, my bed is now in one place and my computer is now in another place. And just because there's a door between them, it's made mm-hmm. such a huge difference. And if I need to relax, I just need to leave the room where work happens. Yeah, exactly. And I mean, you might not have that luxury at home, but even if you can just leave the area, even if you move from your computer to your bed and try and relax over there instead, I feel like that can be a big difference. Oh man, I've been doing that for years where, um, you know, uh, for the longest time I would have my recording studio in the living room. And after a while, I just didn't want to see my guitars and and all the gear every day. Right. Because, because you don't relax the same when you're looking at your work environment. No, for sure. It reminds you of all the things you aren't doing. Yeah. And that I feel like is not a, not a huge help. It sounds like you've been having an incredible use of your time. Can I ask you about an unproductive thing that you've done that you're sort of happy to have let go? Um, I haven't been, um, uh, creating music at all. Wow. Really? At all. And, and I've been, I've been okay with it because it's, music is always in me. I've been, I've been doing it my entire life. I've been doing it professionally since I was 16 and I'm, you know, 55 now. So I've allowed myself to, to, cause I have nothing to create. Like, I, and, and that's why for me, like just recording those little one, one minute videos and just recording music to it, I don't have to worry about trying to sell an idea. Like, Cause you know, I, I've made a living for music and I'm uh, my entire life and I'm so grateful for that, but I don't feel like it's the time to try and make a living at, at, at music right now. I think music should be a gift right now, at least in my, in my vision. And I, I don't, I don't, I don't blame anybody for trying to make money off their music right now. I'm only talking purely from my perspective, but I almost want to give back right now. And, and, uh, you know, and again, and try and think of music as medicine. And so I don't have anything to say clearly right now. And so I, I'm just going to do kind of soundtrack music for the next little bit. I think that's great. But you just got to listen to your muse. You got to listen to your intuition of what's right. And eventually I'll be back in the studio making, you know, songs again. I mean, I, I'm, I'm fortunate to, uh, to call Tom Cochran a friend and I've been playing with him for 25 years and are longer now. And, and I was talking to him this morning and, you know, once, um, you know, he's in quarantine right now for another week because he was in Costa Rica and flew, flew in internationally. Oh yeah. But once he gets down, he's up at a cottage, uh, quarantined himself. And so we're talking about what it looks like for people to visit and, and, and what might that look like? And, you know, and, uh, if it comes to the government is, is, uh, is okay. And, and everybody's okay with, with those sort of scenarios, go up and see him at his cottage. He has a studio there and we could do some writing. And, but again, I, this is a marathon. And so I'm not, wor- I, I'm really trying to relax into the moment and, and, and again, and not beat myself up up and yeah man and just, and just and just be like everything's okay like like we got time for this just relax into it and that's why right now i feel like learning my software because if i could learn a couple more tricks and be a little bit more fluid with with my workflow and and um and, and maybe you know be a little smarter in it then then that sounds like a good idea to me right now 
I feel like you're super motivated and it sounds like you're getting a lot of productive stuff done. So I'm, I'm happy that you can also sort of take the time to relax and, uh, and not beat yourself up. I know. I'm great at relaxing, man. <laughs> it's a good, <laughs> hey, it's an important skill. A lot of people wouldn't think that. Hey, it, right? it took me a long time to learn it, man. Like there was times when I'd be on vacation with my friends and they would tease me for not being able to relax because I'm like OCD and always moving. Like I, I'm high energy. Yeah. So I, so I had to, I had to learn how to relax. Well, it's it's an important skill. I think a lot of people are going to be learning that right now. Yeah, for better or worse. <laughs> exactly. So another thing that I'm trying to do with all of these chats with people is I, I, I think that a good uh, remedy for just about everything that's going on is wholesome content because uh-huh. we've yeah. all been, we're all really good at sharing content. Oh, you've got to watch this or you must read this or that sort of thing. But I like seeing something where the takeaway is just, isn't that nice or it makes you feel a little bit better about stuff. Mm-hmm. Have you got anything that you might be able to share something you've seen or something that was shared with you that made you just you know, restored your faith a little bit in the world? Yeah. I mean, you know, I, a friend posted something with Rick Springfield, uh, um, giving a guitar lesson on how to play Jesse's girl. And, and, but he has a bit where, where he only, he's trying to do the lesson in a minute and something, you know, on the first one, he couldn't get his guitar tuned. And so he's kind of, and he gets frustrated with himself and then he goes, Oh, okay. Well, the minute's up and we'll come back next time and we'll, I'll teach you how to play Jesse's girl. And then something else happens and, and he gets a phone call. And, and so, <laughs> So, so and it's just kind of bumbling and just kind of, you know, self-deprecating a little bit and super fun. And, you know, and so that's great. Or I saw, I saw a video someone posted of sportscasters, like doing like sports casting from home with the dogs running around the yard or something like that. You know, that's brilliant. Super, super hilarious. And I think people's sense of humor through this is wonderful because right now it got to a point where people got so judgy and so harsh about uh, who wasn't social distancing properly and what's happening. And cause you know, there, there's an anger portion coming in and, um, and a, a shameless self plug, but I have a, a, an Instagram page called Kicking the Black Dog, which is a, a mental health awareness um, site, and, and it basically sorts positive affirmations. And and um, and I posted something recently talking about that the anger that we feel isn't anger; it's grief. And, and a lot of people are grieving their, their, their past lives and, and what this new life might look like. You think that the reason people are lashing out is because of what they've lost? Yeah, it's, it's grieving. That's so interesting. See, the reason I wanted, uh, the biggest reason I wanted to have you on to talk is because knowing you, you are an absolute beacon of positivity, but I always think that it's, you have a very analytical mind when it comes to your positivity. So when you say something like people are lashing out because of their grief, I feel like what our reaction when we see people lashing out in any way tends to either be we agree, we disagree, or we just roll our eyes and move on. Mm-hmm. But it seems like you've spent some time thinking about this. Well, I mean, I just have so much empathy and, and compassion for people right now. And, and, and I could see people visibly afraid and I could hear it in their voice. And so um, you could either react with love or fear. And, uh, and so if you act with, with love then, and you have compassion, then you try and think around the problem as, as opposed to taking it personally and, and reacting to the problem. When I'm not feeling well during this, if things start to get me down, that uh, exercise is one of my first uh, ports of call. Uh, just because you get your body moving a little bit, you get some endorphins flowing in mm-hmm. your brain. And immediately, even if it's unrelated, you feel yeah. better 
for a number of different reasons. Like you feel better physiologically, yep. you feel better for having intrinsically motivated yourself to do something that you know is good for you. Mm-hmm. And uh, it takes your mind off of whatever might be getting you down. So I've been, I've, it, I've been turning to it more and more lately, especially with the, the availability of all these home workout programs. Well, that's amazing. And, and, and again, like if anybody listening out there for, for the, the guilt and shame that people have, because if you're, if you're listening to this lying on your couch going, God, I haven't worked out in a week and I have no energy to work out. I mean, having myself gone through depression before and, and I know my negative mind when I'm feeling down is trying to keep me down. And so my negative mind doesn't want me to, to exercise. It wants to keep me in that place of, of, of feeling bad about myself. And so that's why when you're on the couch, I mean, the last thing you feel like doing is exercising. Absolutely. I think all, all the more reason to do it. And that's the point really. Yeah. And so you just kind of almost like tell yourself to go after yourself you know, right. and, uh, and, and do what you know is right for yourself. Even, if, even if it doesn't feel good, even if it's like, you know, really, really hard to do, because it's again, one of those baby step things, like you get into it and you go, I, I, yeah, you know, that 30 minute walk I did. Yeah. I, I, I feel a bit better. And, but, but still I'd rather lie on the couch and feel sorry for myself. And, and, and that's, you know, when I say feel sorry for myself, I don't mean to beat somebody up again. And that, that's just, that's just the, the realism of, of that moment. Like you, you, you're having a self pity party. Right. Absolutely. Even if it, and and I I know exactly what you mean. Like as soon as you label it that, that's another way of, of beating yourself up some of the time, but I feel like that is generally the root cause. Yeah. But again, I I went through a period of, of, of serious accountability where I, I told myself all those terrible things and all the things I was doing wrong because, uh, I went through a therapy called uh, CBT, which is cognitive behavior therapy. And I, and I, I, I learned how to process that. And, And if you don't know what it is, you should Google it because it, teaches your mind how to um, realize uh, your inner thoughts and, and analyze them uh, to what's true. Because especially when you're con- confined, say, with your spouse right now, and in your mind, your negative mind might be going, God, I wish you would just give me five minutes alone and she's smothering me. And, you know, but then, but then when, you, when you put, when you write it on paper in a cognitive behavioral therapy, you go, okay, what's your real thought? Your, your real thought is maybe that you just want some conflict right now because you're, you're mentally bored or that maybe there's a deeper meaning to it that you just need alone time, but you're afraid to ask for it because you're afraid of hurting that person's feelings. You don't know how to communicate it. So you would rather be, be spiky in your language and push that person away to, to rather to, to acknowledge your fear of communication. I'm so glad you brought this up because my girlfriend is an occupational therapist and a psychotherapist. And so we talk about CBT all the time. Mm-hmm. But just yesterday, um, she told me about a sort of a companion uh, therapy called dialectical behavioral therapy, DBT. Have you heard about this? I don't this? know. I'm going to write that down. Thank okay. You. So I feel like particularly with your interest in CBT, this is a really interesting sort of companion uh, a companion method. And she was um, talking about how when you experience symptoms of anxiety, very often that is your brain thinking about a number of things very quickly all at once and it is in conflict with your body sitting at home not doing anything and your anxiety builds because your brain activity is incredibly high incredibly frequent and all bouncing all over the place and it doesn't match with your body activity and that creates a feeling of anxiety so a good dialectical behavioral therapy um, in the case of anxiety can be a workout because it brings that action that activity and that freneticism to your body and that lines up with the speed of your brain and that dialogue between your thoughts and your actions suddenly makes more sense and it works the same the opposite way in that 
if you are busy, 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 and you're doing a million things, but your your brain can't quite keep up and you need a moment to relax, that um, mindfulness and breathing and meditation can bring your body down to where your thoughts are. And making that dialogue between your thoughts and your actions line up can be a really good self-healing tool. Awesome. I'm going to check that out. Thank yeah, you. yeah. It's I, I learned about it for the first time yesterday, but I, I have to say, like all, already, I've it's changed the way I've thought about how I approach dealing with the things I'm feeling. You know. Well, you know, you know what I love is is um, the Eastern philosophies coming into the Western philosophies because because CBT is a Western philosophy, and and because prior to my CBT practice, I was I was practicing mindfulness, and so with my therapist who was teaching me CBT, she said that I grasped the the concept of CBT um, a lot faster because of my concept of of um, mindfulness. Right on. Yeah, I feel like that's a uh, it's very much. Um, a language thing. I feel like mm-hmm. all the concepts at the end are the same, but uh, they've been couched in different language depending on what exactly. uh, where they come from. Yeah. And so, but I then, think- and there's there's a there's an online therapist who does very well. Her name is Brene Brown, and she actually has a Netflix special. If anybody hasn't seen it, I highly recommend it. She's cool. funny, but what I really like about her is she brings Eastern philosophy and and psychology into a Western way. So she gets hired a lot to do corporate um, team building. Okay. And so she knows how to talk to corporate people. And, and a lot of times when, lack of a better word, like hippies try and talk about uh, mindfulness, they sound a little too flowery for corporate people. And they get, yeah. kind of turn, they get turned off with their language. So Brene Brown has a way of talking in a way that is very educational and, um, and, and isn't, isn't all in crystals and, um, and, and myths. Not so hand-wavy. Exactly. That's very interesting. And that's, and that's what I feel CBT is. It's for people that maybe aren't so spiritually minded. Yeah, absolutely. Because I, I have, um, I found myself uh, needlessly resistant to that sort of thing as well. Just because I'm a very atheistic person, I very much believe you in science. You are a very fact-minded person. Yes, and so it was until someone could show me the why of something working, I was very yeah. resistant to trying it. Which have, I have mean, you, have, maybe, have you ever done psychedelics? Um, yeah, a little bit. I have. I've actually okay. had really good experiences overall. Well, because again, that that to me um, takes away facts in a sense because um, what's happening in your mind on a psychedelic is still a fact, but it's not based in reality. It's interesting that you say that and. I feel like the effects of the psychedelics are easily explained by science. And I think mm-hmm. that was why I was a bit more keen to let them in. I'm like, oh yeah, I'm going to do this. And then this, uh, this chemical is going to react in this way with this receptor in my brain. And then I'm going to have a, a lovely time. And, mm-hmm. and so that part was quite easily explained, but, uh, it, it's not until recently that psychedelics and, uh, and positive therapeutic outcomes have started to be lined up in, in North America anyway. Yep. I know that in yep. a lot of uh, a lot of traditional medicines have always included psychedelics in a lot of communities around the world. But we're only starting to look at this this way in the past little while and maybe in the next little while. A lot of my friends that are, are deeply into psychedelics as medicine, they talk about the future as far as that if, if psychedelics become much more prevalent pre- pre- in um, therapy use, that people will become a lot more climate sensitive. Interesting. Because when you do when you do when you do psychedelics i don't know about your experience but a lot of people have a, a deep connection with nature in that moment well they have the, i feel like the uh, it's a, a holistic feeling or a holistic sense where they see yeah. everything there's a sense of oneness well and and then all of a sudden 
you get the sense that life is simple and life is what we make it. And so even in this experience of being isolated and quarantined, um, we have the choice on how to react to this and, and everything plays in our mind. And so if our mind can perceive this as a learning experience and as, as a launching point and, and, and try and get our fear out of the way of, of, of not what we're losing, but what we could potentially gain from this and, and moving forward. I couldn't agree more. And I'm not sure I would have come up with that feeling had it, me personally, I'm not pushing psychedelics on anybody out there, but I'm just saying that I think that's how, how it's helped me is, is uh, psychedelics has taught me that a ego is, is not necessarily a great thing for me personally. And so when you put, when, you, when you're not putting yourself first and you're thinking about somebody else's needs, your needs will always be there because we're, we're alive and, and we always want to take care of ourselves and keep ourselves breathing and fed and sheltered. But all of a sudden, when you're looking after somebody else and take your, your mind off yourself, I, I think that's when the magic happens. I think that's a, sort of a, a mass effect uh, type of situation as well, whereas if enough of us can begin thinking that way, yeah. we won't have to worry about ourselves because you will be secure in the knowledge and knowing that because yeah. you are looking out for everyone else, everyone else is looking out for you as well. Well, and, and there's a meme going around, and I can't remember who, who said this famous quote, maybe you know, they said, um, when, whenever there's disaster, look for the helpers. Look for the helpers. Because that's where you'll find the good people. I do think that's a, that's those are wise words indeed. Well, Bill, this has been a very wonderful chat, and I really appreciate you sharing this time with me. I feel like this has been quite interesting and quite wide ranging. Hey, listen, and and uh, and I'm I'm really grateful for all the posts that you've been making in the last uh, year of your travels. They're, they're so inspiring. I mean, your photography and your video footage is just so beautiful. Oh, it's very kind of you to say. I'm going to try and get back into that. I realized my last post was more than a month ago, and so since I've got all this time, I'm going to try and put it to some good use. Hey, thanks for having me. Anytime. This is Bill Bell. I'm Jeffrey Garriock, and this is not happening.